0: What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream. I am your host, Matt Primo, and every week, we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. We have done Batman in review. We have done horror in review. 90s action movies in review. And now we're in the middle of Terminator in review. And soon, coming soon, we're going to be doing Die Hard in review. And we've also done some one-off movies. We've done a review of Tenant. We've done a movie of The Christmas Chronicles Part 2. We did a review of Chef that came out uh, a few, several years ago. Today, I want to do a special movie. It's a, it's a one-off. I know uh, I said earlier in the week, or excuse me, a couple days ago, the schedule was going to be Rise of the Machines, which is Terminator 3. You should be able to already be able to listen to that review. Terminator Salvation... Is going to, I'm not sure. It's already recorded, uh, and Patreon supporters already have it available for them. This recording was supposed to be for Freaky, the newly released movie with uh, Vince Vaughn. But I watched this new release movie, and I enjoyed this a lot more than Freaky, so we're going to talk about this movie for just a few minutes. And then Terminator Salvation is coming out, like I said. New Mutants will be coming out before the end of the month. Terminator Genesis and Terminator Dark Fate all before the end of the month. So it's going to be a busy week for me and all these reviews. Uh, if you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com 2 game. That is the number two. We have a $5 tier, $10 tier, and a $20 tier. Shout out to our $20 tier members, Eric Hernandez, Carmen Edmonds, and Sharon Petrie. Hey guys, we appreciate y'all supporting us each and every month, especially this current month in December, where we haven't really put in a whole lot of episodes off of the two game podcast, which is our main podcast, by the way. So if you like gaming, if you like nerdy shit, if you like comic books, superheroes, all that kind of stuff, then go check out two game podcast. That is the number two. This is Surfing the Stream, where we do strictly movie reviews, and I'm hoping maybe in the near future we can start doing some TV show reviews. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna depend on some scheduling if we can get that worked out between me and some other people. But today, like I said, I was gonna do Terminator Genesis. Shit, I can't, I can't even keep track of all the Terminator movies now. I'm like, did did I already review that one? I'm not sure. I've already seen all of them. I got all my notes wrote down, and they're ready to go. Just got to hit record. You know what I'm saying? But today, we are doing Greenland. It's a movie that came out this year, and it actually came out uh, a week or two ago. About two weeks ago. Something like that. Guys, I really enjoyed this movie, so we're just going gonna to talk about it for just a few minutes. This will probably not be a lengthy review. We try to keep these anywhere between 15 to 30 minutes long for reviews. And I don't think this is going to be that long of a review. Because I want you all to go see it since it's newly released. So this is going to be a non-spoiler review of the movie Greenland. And if you're new to the channel, we review the movie. First off, I give you the fun facts of the movie. Who is directed by. The release date the budget, and the gross of the movie, and then we jump into some fun facts. I give you the plot of the movie, and then my general impressions, and then at the end of the review, I give you a buy, sell, rent, or skip remark, and then I give you my final score between 1 and 5. So let's just jump into the plot. Like I said, non-spoiler review, because it is a newly released movie. We are going to try to do these non-spoilers unless otherwise indicated in the uh, title. So Greenland is about a family who fights for survival as a planet-killing comet races to Earth. John Garrity, who is Gerard Butler, by the way, his estranged wife, Allison, Marina Backerin, I think that's how you say her name, probably butchering it, Sue me, and young son Nathan make a perilous journey to their only hope for sanctuary, Amid terrifying news accounts of cities around the world being leveled by the Comet's fragments, the Garrity's experience the best and worst in humanity while they battle the increasing panic and lawlessness surrounding them. As the countdown to global apocalypse approaches zero, their incredible trek culminates in a desperate and last-minute flight to a possible safe haven. So, basically, in a nutshell disaster movie. All right. I absolutely love disaster movies. Okay? 2012, if I remember correctly, was a was a was a good good disaster movie. There's there's two types of disaster movies, okay? There are ones like 2012 where it's just there for spectacle, where you just want to see shit get blown up and destroyed, right? And then you got other disaster movies like The Impossible where it's more character-focused, and it's not necessarily about the disaster, it's about the stuff involving the disaster. Like, Impossible, it's the aftermath of the tsunami. More so than the actual tsunami. Does that make sense? And this is... Greenland, I think, is very similar to the Impossible. If I had to group it in a category, if it was more 2012 slash Day After Tomorrow, it's not one of those. It's more The Impossible. So if you're not familiar with The Impossible, which is another great movie, by the way, and y'all should definitely go check it out. It's about the tsunamis. I'm not sure what year. But basically, the tsunami happens in like the first five minutes of the movie, and then the rest is this family trying to get back to each other because they got separated during the tsunami. And Greenland is kind of just like that, except this wasn't necessarily the comet separating them. It was different circumstances in the movie that ended up separating them. And, then, yeah, I'm not going to get into to the, de- the deets of the plot because I want you to go watch it. But this movie was directed by Rick Roman. Whoa, 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 I, I don't know how to say his last name. Sue me. He directed the movie Snitch and Angel Has Fallen. Snitch is a fantastic movie. It has uh, The Rock in it. And if you haven't seen Snitch, go watch it. Very good movie. This movie was released on December 18th, 2020. It had a budget budget of approximately $35 million. And it grossed worldwide $47.8 million. You can go on to... Voodoo.com. You can go to Redbox, anywhere where you can rent movies right now. And not, I don't, it, this is uh, in theater at home, theater at home, or whatever it's called, on demand. So wherever you can get on demand movies, you should be able to watch this. It's 20 bucks. You get to watch it for 48 hours, basically, once you start it. 20 bucks. So it's basically like going to the theater. So if you get more than two people to join you, then obviously you make up for it there because, shit, what was it? $11, $12 a person to go see a movie at the theaters nowadays? Yeah. I remember a time when it was like half of that, at least. That's neither here nor there. Now, there were not a whole lot of fun facts for this movie, gonna be honest. There were like 10 or like 7 or 8 and they were not good. In fact, multiple fun facts, listed on IMDb were just like random things like no animals were hurt during the production of this movie or special thanks to such and such group or this movie was filmed in Georgia or whatever, you know, and I'm like, that's not fun facts. That's like stuff you should see at the end of the movie. So got two fun facts for you. Chris Evans was initially attached to play the lead role of of uh, Garrity. Uh, the one that Gerard Butler plays, with Neil Blomkamp, Blomkamp, uh, set to direct, and they both dropped out due to schedule conflicts. The comet is named Clark in a tribute to the l- to the late Arthur C. Clark. author of the 1993 novel Hammer of God, which describes the impact on Earth of a planet-killing asteroid. So that's basically the gist of the movie. A huge global, globe-ending, planet-ending asteroid comet comes down and is gonna wipe out the face of the Earth. Basically it. It's bigger than the comet that killed the dinosaurs. According to the movie. So, I really, really enjoyed this movie. In fact, I could not, could not pause it. I... I watched some of it at work, and then I had to finish the rest at home. And in the ride home, I'm just like, bruh, I really want to finish this movie. Like, I was aggravated that I had to pause it. They do such a good job of building these characters and making you care about these characters throughout the throughout the movie, and I think that's what makes this movie so much better than it is. Is you're getting these these you're you're living with these characters, and when something bad happens, or you see something that's going on, you're like, oh shit, I don't want that to happen, you know, you really care for the characters, and I think that's the strength of the movie. The CGI is pretty shoddy in this movie, and it's actually pretty terrible, if we're being honest. So, it, it reminds me of, like, a a B B-rated, like, movie on, like, sci-fi, as far as the CGI. A little bit better than that, but it's still pretty bad, like, it takes you out of it every single time it happens. So CGI is bad. It's a little bit better than a B-rated sci-fi movie. As far as the CGI is. As far as the storytelling and the character development and like the dialogue, the writing, all that is pretty top tier for a movie of this budget, basically. I mean, you could almost consider this a indie. It's a little bit more expensive of a budget for an indie, I would think, but like I've never even heard of that director until I looked him up on IMDb. And I don't know of any of the of the movie companies, the studios that were involved with it. I think Sticks Film. I've never heard of them. I'm sure they have some good movies out there, but I never did any research into what they've produced. But anyways, the the thing I love about this movie are the characters. They they're put in some really intense situations and I think I would be remiss in mentioning the silliness of the movie at times. All right. So disaster movies, you can look at certain situations. A lot of times it's the entire movie and you're just like, that is absolutely ridiculous. That would never even happen to be honest with you. And you look at this movie and there's a planet destroying comet coming for earth. And, Actually, I mean, that that's pretty believable. I mean, it's happened once before, so it could happen again, right? And we've actually had, over the course of the last several years, we've had comets and asteroids pretty close to the Earth. I mean, granted, they're hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles, millions of miles away from us, but they're still like pretty close to us, considering. So the that comet portion of the movie, the... The disaster portion of the movie is not what's silly. That actually makes a lot of sense, and they do a pretty good job with that. And they really do, you know, hit you in the head with it throughout the course of the movie. Like, hey, shit's getting real. Uh, you need to be prepared. You basically have 48 hours to live, and it's just it, it's kind of like a clock countdown for the news stations throughout the course of the movie. And that part's kind of silly to me. Like, okay, we we understand it. Like, you could have got the characters to just say, look at their watch, and be like, oh, my God, we only have, like, 10 more hours to get to the safe haven, or we're all dead, or whatever. They they really built up the news stations, and honestly, I don't think you really need all the destruction and mayhem that's going on around the world. Yeah, you can throw out some some radio edits of them talking about the news on the radio, but it's constantly, they're looking at the radio, looking at the news stations, and they're kind of hitting you over the head with it. And I'm not saying it's a detriment to the movie. It's not even a bad thing, to be honest with you, but it's just something I wanted to point out. I just find it funny that through the course of the movie, he he the husband is trying to call the wife on his phone, and most of the time, they don't get reception, but there's no issue whatsoever with the news stations. And it seems like they're the only ones having issues with the phones. So that's kind of silly. It's like it's building building conflict for the sake of conflict right there. Like just trying to build tension where it doesn't really need to be tension. And I actually would prefer them to have come up with a different reason for their cell phones not working. Like maybe during a blast it destroyed all their cell phones. I mean that would have made a little bit more sense. And guys I know I'm, I'm really nitpicking here to be honest with you. Really nitpicking the hell out of it. But the silliness of it is not even there. The silliness of it, it really comes more towards the end of the movie when the comet is actually almost about to hit Earth. There there are some scenes with Gerard Butler, and it just it takes it out of the movie. Like, you've been building this entire movie around the characters And you really have, yeah, the comet is the main plot, but you're more focusing on the characters rather than the comet, if that makes any sense. So it kind of shifts to this comet disaster, and it just so happens the comets are, multiple fragments are hitting the atmosphere right where Gerard Butler is, and, you know, nothing ever happens to them. It gets silly at points. But, like I said, that's just nitpicking it. For a disaster movie, I think I think it's perfect. Is it a perfect movie? No, the CGI is pretty shoddy. But for a disaster movie, it's really, really good. I think it's one of the, the best ones that I've ever seen as far as disaster movies. And I like to think that I'm pretty knowledgeable in disaster movies. I've seen a lot of them, to be honest with you. Uh, shout out to Dante's Peak, which is one of my favorites of all time. Speaking of which, I I would really like to do a Disaster Movies in Review month. Because, oh God, I would really love to just watch all Disaster Movies. Volcano, Twister, Dante's Peak, 2012, Deep Impact. There are so many Disaster Movies. So many. Maybe January is Underworld in review. Maybe February, guys. I, I think I'm just going to go pull rank amongst the Patreon supporters and we're just gonna do disaster movies and review. But overall, really literally love this movie. And honestly, I couldn't couldn't wait to talk about this, so I wanted to get knocked out tonight and let y'all decide on whether y'all wanted to go watch it or not. The main thing with this movie is characters. You love the characters and you feel for them whenever they go through any kind of situation. And they all go through different types of situations involving, like, riots and mass hysteria. Stuff like that. And that's what, the in the, the plot, I was like, I had mentioned they witness the best and worst of humanity. And you really do see that through the course of this movie. And I think you, you try to put yourself in the position of the characters... Or other people, like, what would you do in the situation? And honestly, would would I be a good person during a mass incident like this? Ah, uh, I don't know, guys. It'd be tough, especially when your family's on the line, you know? But they do make some hard choices throughout the course of the movie. And they're real-life choices that every normal day people would make. So um buy, sell rent or skip. So the movie like I said earlier, you can rent it for 20 bucks. You have uh you have 30 days to watch the movie after you rent it. And then once you start it, you only have 48 hours to finish it. So basically you can watch, I think you can watch it as many times as you want in 48 hours. And it's 20 bucks. You don't get to keep it. It's just like going to the theaters and buying two tickets. If I could buy this movie at Best Buy or Target or Walmart today, I would go spend 20, 20 20 24 bucks on the movie. I think it's well worth the price of admission. My only issue is if I'm going to pay $20 to rent it, I would want to see it on the biggest screen possible in the theaters. That's just me personally. Uh, but I think it's worth a buy. I think it's worth 20 bucks. 25 30 bucks for a 4K. Eh, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get much value at that point because like I said the CGI is pretty shoddy in this movie. So I don't think 4K would make that any better by any means. So I think 20 bucks would be good and I watched it on my phone so that was standard def. So I think just a regular DVD 20 bucks. I think I think it's fine. I think it's it's definitely worth that if you're into disaster movies. Like the Impossible, Impossible is on Netflix. So if that'd be a good comparison, if you're interested in knowing what this movie is kind of like without buying it, uh, out the gate, then go check out the Impossible on Netflix. Really good movie. It has uh, Obi Wan Kenobi in it, and you can never go wrong with him. By the way, so I would definitely buy it, and I give it a four out of five. I think it's a, I think it's a great movie, a really great movie. And it's something I would, I, I would be worth buying and watching again in the future. And I recommend it to y'all. So I think that's going to conclude my review for Greenland. G-R-E-E-N-L-A-N-D. And I appreciate y'all joining me. Oh, wait. uh, Scratch that. I do have to mention one thing before I go. And it's mainly acting performances. Totally forgot it. Sue me. So Marina Baccarin, Baccarin. I don't know how to say her last name. She played on Homeland. She was on the first, what, two seasons of that. And she was also the wife in Deadpool. I think she did a phenomenal job in this movie. Really, really great acting. And as a parent, you really feel for her. Obviously, I'm not a mother. I'm a father, but I'm not a mother. So, I can't really attest to that aspect of parenthood. But you really feel her performance throughout this throughout the course of this movie. And it's one of my favorite performances, to be honest with you. Because, yeah, is it Daniel Day-Lewis milkshake scene? No. But she's a solid, great performance throughout the course of this movie. And honestly, I think you can give her the MVP for this movie. Gerard Butler... Also does a fantastic job. You know, he's a mixed bag with his performances. He, he did a really good job in this, I think. But he's not on the level of Marina. She excelled. She was the MVP. Give her Best Actress of the Year. Those are my final thoughts. And let me know what y'all think. If you've seen it, drop a comment on our Facebook. And let us know what you think. And if you go check it out. And then you like it or don't like it, let me know. Let's talk about it. And I'll catch y'all next time on another episode of Surfing the Stream.